Welcome to Equip, tools for navigating real life. I want to welcome you to the Equip podcast brought to you by Arise Ministries. I'm Pam Keneally, co-founder, and today Kim Heineke, director of operations, is with me. If you're new to the Equip podcast by Arise, welcome. We are just so excited to bring you tools for navigating real life, and we invite you to continue following the podcast on iTunes or Spotify. In today's broadcast, we want to talk about a topic that every mother will face eventually, I think, and that is how to persevere in prayer for the kids when we don't see any immediate changes or results. It's true. We want our children to adjust well, make friends in school, and overcome their own insecurities. We want them to grow up into healthy adults that make wise choices, they marry the right person, and not face many of the life difficulties that we had to face, right? Yet, as consistent as we might pray, it often feels like God is not listening, and we soon grow weary in what feels like being trapped in God's waiting room. Yet the entire Bible is filled with examples of people who have submitted to God's waiting room, like like Moses, Elijah, and Peter, all those big guys at one time or another were in situations where they had to wait expectantly for answers to their petitions to God. So how do we persist in prayer when the scenario seems stagnant or maybe it's even getting worse? Lamentations 3 promises, the Lord is good to those who wait patiently and expectantly for him to those who seek him. Yes, so how can we wait hopefully and walk by faith when there's nothing in sight that gives us any reassurance that God is at work? Friend, if you're weary in the wait, let's talk about it today because we've all been there. So Kim, let's do that. Let's talk about the waiting room. I know sometimes I see God answer my prayers right away. I get so excited. Hallelujah. I give Jesus a high five and move on to the next request. (laughs) Then there's times, I don't know about you, when prayers linger and miracles seem so far away. So so Kim, when's the time, let's just start out talking about this. When's the time you felt like you were waiting on God for an answer to prayer for one of your kids and you were seeking God and trusting God, but looked like nothing was happening? Just start with the big one, I know. right? Is that what you're <laughs> That's saying? Right. Every day. When, <laughs> when's the last time? Hardest question. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. When's the last time? Every day. <laughs> okay. So I've been parenting for 22 years. So for 22 years, I feel like I've been waiting mm-hmm. to see. Like that little baby is born, and you think, okay, the possibilities are endless. I mm. wonder what God is going to do here. And then for 22 years, I've been waiting to see what God is going to make out of this tiny little person that they just let me leave the hospital with mm-hmm. with no idea how I was going to keep him alive. Sure. So, but more specifically, I can think I have, first of all, I have young adult children and I have young kids currently when, as at the time we're recording this, they're 22, 20, 11, and eight. So lots of different levels and seasons of waiting. I can think about one most recently when in during teenage years, when life can be a little bit uncertain and bumpy and I was often waiting for God to show up and move in the hearts of the children that I loved Mm -hmm. and waiting for maybe some reckless behavior to stop or waiting for some apathetic behavior Mm -hmm. to to change so without giving too many specifics I would say I can think about teenage years in particular when I waited and I would feel like God, nothing is changing. Sure. Like I am before you every day begging you to move, 
and I don't see anything changing. Sure. That can be so discouraging. We're just like, then the enemy comes in. Is God real? Does mm-hmm. this really work? What would happen if you didn't pray? Nothing had changed. Then we start hearing all these thoughts and lies that come yep. to our head because we start entertaining that because we want to see results. You know, for me, um, when my son graduated from high school, he left immediately and went to live with his dad in Utah. From there, he went immediately to Hawaii um, for 10 years, and I just saw him very little. And when I did see him, I had reason to <laughs> need to pray. <laughs> and... Um, Oh, so I, you know, like you said, you wait for a lifetime waiting and praying for them. But it's a fact that um, waiting is hard. It sometimes seems impossible. We want things to happen in our timing, according to our plans, but God doesn't operate on our schedules. Right. Why not? That sounds like a, a great plan, but he doesn't. And expecting that he will, this is our problem, expecting that he will sets us up for disappointment. So we want to talk about some things today so you don't have to have unnecessary disappointment in what is just part of God's plan. So with that being said, I just want to talk about what waiting is or what what it's not and what it is. So to start off, uh, let's just talk about some things, Kim, that waiting is not. Um, Does anything come to your mind in particular? Yeah, well, even whenever you said that, you know, like we have this idea of the way something should turn out. We have it with our children. We had it with maybe our our past relationships or or marriages. We had this idea of this is what, in my mind, should happen. And it's hard for me to – it was hard for me to always get to the point where I would say, but, God, if this is not how you're going to fix it or if this is not how you're going to restore this situation, then so be it. You know, Mm -hmm. he always has a plan, but it's – I mean, it's just generally not my plan. I know. Exactly. it would be so much easier if he would just consult me. Mm-hmm. But to your question, what waiting is not, is that what your question yes, is? Yes, yes. Waiting is not manipulation. Mm-hmm. Waiting is not um, trying to manipulate situations to get them to work out in your favor. I like that. And here's an example of something that happened with one of my younger kids. It's really easy to come up with examples with older kids, but I'm thinking in particular about a younger one. I wanted to homeschool, and um, my husband didn't think that was a very good idea. Maybe he didn't think I could do it, which I can, by the way. But he must—he didn't agree with that necessarily. And I remember praying about it and feeling like God was saying to me, "Manipulate nothing. Do not don't try to put articles in front of him, or homeschool families in front of him, sure. or don't don't manipulate anything. Don't even make a case for it. Just wait on me to change his heart." And so, and I did that, but that's an example of not manipulating something. Too often we want to try to squeeze our kids into a certain way or we we give the right uh, lecture. Mm-hmm. We just try to manipulate their actions or their emotions. Sure, exactly. And you know what? Also, it's just a matter of we just, as mothers, feel like surely in some way I have to have some thread to control. I have to have some thread to control in this. Surely there's something I can do or say to turn this thing around. And so waiting is absolutely letting go. Mm -hmm. It is, it is. It is not a, and it's not a, a cessation of prayer either to where you're just so passive. You just kick up your feet when God's ready. He'll just let you know. You know, it is not passive. In fact, right. the times I've had to wait, it's excruciating. It is, 
I'm never busier than when I have to wait. I'm never true. busier. It is it is active. It is drawing near to God in ways that I normally don't because I can control it the other way. So waiting on God requires requires so much discipline and wisdom mm-hmm. on my part because I just surely think there's something I can do to fix it. You're right. And That's, yet you yeah. just can't. No, you can't. You can't. And I, I like what you said about it's not just sitting back and doing nothing. Sure. If you think about when you were going to have a baby and that baby, I mean, like you've got nine months to prepare for that baby. You are just waiting. There's not anything that you can do to make that baby grow faster and mature faster in your womb you are waiting but in all of that waiting what are you doing you're washing those baby clothes you're preparing Mm -hmm. the nursery you are buying all the diapers I mean you're you're actively waiting you are doing what is appropriate for that time while you wait for the end to come to fulfillment sure sure and so so yeah a lot of times I think people say well I'm just waiting on God to work this out but but to your point you know, maybe they're not doing all the things that are appropriate for that situation to pray and to maybe fasting or yes. any number of things. You know, um, for me, uh, that that's good. So let's talk about what waiting is. Um, that's easier to talk about. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. You know, it's all it's all hard to talk about sometimes when we're talking about ways we have not done it so well as mothers. Um, <clears throat> but what waiting is uh, is understanding that even though you don't see it god is at work mm-hmm. even though you don't see it and sometimes sometimes the answer doesn't come because god wants to do a work in you or in me and it's not about them it's about us sometimes we get so caught up in our prayer life for the other person where we need to stop praying for them it's become an an idol in our heart our kids can become an idol where we just pound all the time about them if they just change i'd feel better i wouldn't feel like such a failure as a Mm -hmm. mother where you know our prayers can actually i think become idols before god that we care about the answer more than him doing a work in us um, I love a quote you made recently, if you remember it, um, about motherhood. Do you remember that quote? It was more about whatever. Share yeah, I, I did. I, recently I said that motherhood for me has become less about the behavior modification of my children and more about the work of a holy God changing me to reflect Christ. And what I mean by that is I spent many years um, – you know, just lamenting before the Lord, like, why won't you change the behavior of this one individual in my home or these two or three or four? I have four of them. But, you know, just begging him, like, why won't you change this and trying to manipulate things? And just what you said, the at some point, the trauma or the, the drama, rather, became the idol. Mm-hmm. You know, the trouble became the idol. And trying to pray uh, through it became the idol you know, when I was consumed with it for this one child. But what I learned through all that is that I can't fix a person, but in all the unfixing of a person, Jesus really fixed me. Mm-hmm. And he didn't just heal, you know, my kids, but he healed some real broken places in me. So maybe that situation didn't change quickly, but my perspective and my dependence and my intimacy with him did. And that's sort of where parenting and I mean you know motherhood in itself is just an entire journey of waiting mm-hmm. just waiting to see all the fruits of your labor 
you know, we sow all these seeds into our kids. And truthfully, we don't reap in the same season that we sow. We spend our entire life as mothers waiting, you know, to see a to see mm-hmm. the fruit of that. So it has, you know, parenting has become less about what my kids do and more about the way God has changed me in the waiting. Sure. I, and I totally agree. You know, I want to remind you, single moms, as you're sitting there thinking about your children, that God gave them the personalities that they have. Um, and they can be so varied. How can so many different personalities come from one womb? But he gave them the personalities to prosper them, to use their gifts, but also to to work it and weave it in such a way that you realize how helpless you are mm-hmm. before before you know, how helpless you are in bringing about what you want in them apart from God being in control and you releasing it to him. So if you're struggling with your kids' personalities, um, then God has a way for you to parent with those different personalities. And and I just want to encourage you, uh, Kim, something happened to me at Walmart the other day, and we don't see what God's doing, but God loves us. God is at work. God has a good plan for us, even though we can't see and we cry and we stomp our feet. God loves us and he's always at work and he doesn't always feel us on his plan but i was going into walmart with one of my grandkids and they had ten dollars they had gotten and they wanted to buy toys so we go over to the toy section and they found this toy they wanted but it was more than ten dollars and they're oh grammy please would you buy it would just give me the extra money Mm -hmm. would you please just loan me five more dollars well normally i'd be like well of course but i could not get that for them because I had already gotten them something better that was almost just right. like it, but better. And they couldn't understand. They left the store disappointed, and they, they thought I let them down, I, that I didn't see their need for this. Mm-hmm. And it was killing me because I had something better. The timing just wasn't right. And I knew it was best for this child, and it just wasn't to buy that for them for many reasons. But um, I think that's the way it is with us when we wait on God is knowing that he um it's just not his timing so sometimes we just have to be patient in the wait and you know um i think i looked it up the greek word for wait is tied to the idea of confident expectation it's being confident kind of like you would if you were asking people to dinner they weren't there yet but you're confident they were going to be there Mm -hmm. so waiting is confidence in god's timing and knowing that um However, God's going to fulfill this plan in that child according to God's journey, according to the way he does it, not like the path you were on or how he did it in your life. We just have to release that. So, But I think there's going to be some people that are listening to this and they say, okay, fine. Like, how do, how do I... How do I wait with expectation like that? Because they, you know, you may not, if you're listening, you may not know what we even mean by that. You may not even have the tools Mm -hmm. and you may not know how to wait. Like what, it doesn't mean just like not think about it. Sure. Which is never really, I mean, you can't not think about something that you're trying to not think about. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, you know what? I think in times like that, when, when you just don't know that sometimes I go, God, it's what Jesus did. Uh, when he went to the cross, God, I don't like this. I don't understand it, but but I'm just going to say four or five little words. Your will be done, right? And leave it there. You know, I don't have to understand it, but I can say, God, your will be done. I'm angry about it. I'm frustrated. You know that, but I'm okay with just saying your will be done, and give me the grace to to see you in other ways. Mm-hmm. And and he will, even though you want it now. 
and it's a realization that what you're praying for may never happen anyway and yeah. that that can be scary but we know that that god's plan for them is is higher than what we could hope or imagine as we as we continue to press into prayer so I, i'm glad you brought that up so how do we persevere in prayer uh, we talked about learning how to wait um something else we just <laughs> we want to give up we got to keep praying and praying is for me it's not dependent on how i feel mm-hmm. like i'm going to pray i don't feel like it today i'm angry or i'm upset i don't feel like it it's not you know god doesn't listen to my prayer because of the emotion i put behind it but because who the prayer is going to so it doesn't matter if we don't feel it when we speak the words and say god you know how i feel but i'm speaking it in faith i'm going to say it anyway i think i think god honors that so i think that's always a good thing to say yes you know, um i'm trying to think of examples in the bible of people that persevered in um and prayed when they didn't feel like it. Well, and as as you're thinking about that, it comes to mind that just what you said, like God already knows. The Master is already well acquainted with the desires of our heart and what we would love to see happen. But as we are waiting and as we are persevering in prayer, our will begins to line up with his in a different kind of way. And I'm thinking about those teenage years for me in particular – I'm always talking about those teenagers because can we just be real honest? They're just real hard sometimes. Mm -hmm. Not always, but sometimes they're a little bit bumpy. So I can remember praying, you know, God, please fix this in this one person. Fix this behavior or, you know, turn this around. And for years it kind of didn't turn around. But the more I prayed, the more I began to say to him, Father, whatever you have to do in this child's life, so be it. My prayer changed from, God, fix it, fix it, fix it. And that perseverance in prayer turned my will to say, whatever your will is, Mm -hmm. let it be. Because I had become more confident that his plan must be better. Just what you're saying about Walmart. He must have something better for that child down the road. We just got to persevere through it. We just got to wait through it. Sure. So if you're in that season where you say, I'm praying about it all the time, I mean, I would say to you, continue to pray and content- and ask the Lord, like, make my- can you make my will line up with yours? You know, can you, mm-hmm. can you give me your perspective? I mean, he already knows what we want, but the, I think some of that changing us is when we have the maturity to say, you know what I want, but more than what I want, I want what you know is best. And that's just a way that persevering in prayer looked for me, a way that my prayers changed over the years. Mm -hmm. And even with my boys now, I mean, there's certain things that I think would be dandy, but they're not having any of it. And so I just find myself praying, Father, whatever your will is in their life, make it be like bring that to pass and make me an instrument of your grace make me a little agent of your grace to help accomplish whatever you have purposed for them exactly i love that because that always is a prayer that's heard by god you know um i'm thinking about keep praying i think about the bible example in luke 11 about the guy goes and knocks on the door he's trying to get bread and he keeps knocking and he keeps knocking he comes back he keeps knocking and there was just some shameless audacity on this guy's part mm-hmm. to keep interrupting his family in the middle of the night, and he come back again and again and again. He wouldn't give up. He persevered, and and um, 
you know, I think God that honors God for us, us to it's a fine line between praying with importunity in his will and then letting go. Yeah. Just pray, 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 and then let go. Pray, 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 and then let go. There's just a, a sense of it's not mine to fix. It's God's and this is your his child anyway. He knew before the beginning of time what he was going to do with his child and just helped me to be a good steward of, of this parenting thing you've given me. So I, I love that as well. It's a it's a um, and even if you don't kind of prayer, mm-hmm. you know, yes. like I'm praying for God to do these things in the lives of my children mm-hmm. or and, and I'm talking about parenting, but this can be anything, mm-hmm. anything. I'm praying for him to move in certain situations and I know that he can. I know that his word is true, and I know that he can do these things. But even if he doesn't, mm-hmm. I'm still going to pray this. I'm still going to have the boldness to ask him to do what I know he can do and then give me faith to accept whatever outcome is if it doesn't happen, if that is not his best for that situation. Sure. And, you know, it reminds me of a verse in Habakkuk where um, I can't even find it now. Uh, Trusting God when you don't understand, he said, even if, um, oh, here it is. I've just looked it up. It says, even if the fig tree does not grow figs and there's no fruit on the vine, even if the olives do not grow and the fields don't have any food, even if this, even if that, um, it goes on to say, uh, the Lord is my strength in spite of it. The Lord is my strength. He has made my feet like the feet of a deer mm-hmm. and he makes my, makes me walk on high places. Even if, even if it doesn't turn out, uh, we just, um, that's good. I love to think That's about true. that. So something else we might consider as well in perseverance in prayer is ask God to give you a verse or ask God to give you a quote or something that you cling to. Mm-hmm. And um, not long ago, I ran across a quote that I have in my Bible. I have it on Post-it notes, and I turn to it often. And it, it it was a quote by Andrew Murray, because I have just often wondered my attainment to get what I've been praying for. What do I have to do to get this attainment for what I'm praying for? And he said this, which I just love this. He said, the measure of my attainment depends on my wholehearted surrender to all that Christ seeks to be and do in me when I am surrendered to the Holy Spirit's filling and I've accepted this fullness to possess my entire whole life, then I can say whatever in prayer in Jesus' name, in union with his nature, and it must be given according to God's plan. So it goes back to that verse, John four thirteen. ask whatever in my name and it will be given. Well, you know, I've done that and it's not given. It hadn't happened yet. But that whatever has that contingency of wholehearted surrender, yielding, and then in union with his nature. And then it must be given according to his plan, but it will be given. That's good. It will That's be really given. Good. So Andrew Murray's good. Yeah, He's I, deep. He's deep. I had to write it down and think about it two or three times. So if you just heard it for the first time, you may need to listen to this again because I've had to look at it many times and think about it as well. So any other ideas about things you might want to do in um i don't know um yeah persevering in prayer i can think about when i'm persevering in prayer when i'm when i'm just consumed with asking the lord to move in a certain situation sometimes you just you just have no more words you know Mm -hmm. and i can remember a specific time with one of my boys whenever he wasn't home 
I had just prayed all I could pray. I could be- I had begged God all I could beg him, mm-hmm. you know. And I went into his room, and I think I've told this story before, even on one of our Bible studies or maybe in a podcast. I don't know. But it's it's true, and it's good. So I would go into their room, and I would turn up worship music as loud as Google Home would allow, mm-hmm. you know. And I would just let I would just let the worship blare through their room, and I would just walk through there and just touch the things that, that he was going to touch and just be in there. And it was almost like this washing over his space with God's with praise music. You know, sometimes sometimes when we are at the end of praying when we just can't pray anymore, we just praise him through it. We just mm-hmm. we just praise him for who he is. There's a passage in Chronicles where, you know, they're going out to fight and the first thing that they do, it says that um, you know, the the leader, Asa, appoints people, or maybe it was Jehoshaphat, can't even remember who it was. One, one of those guys. One of those kings, right? <laughs> but he tells the people, like, march out, and they began to praise him for the splendor of his holiness. It had nothing to do with victory or anything. It was just like, let's start this battle by praising God for the splendor of his holiness. And sometimes when we're at the end of our rope and we're 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 praying, praying, praying about something. Sometimes we just have to stop and turn on some praise music. I mean, I've been in my home before, which I'm kind of glad my children aren't there when I do. I know. It. What but, is she? Why is she dancing so weird right, with her right? hands up in the air? Maybe not dancing, but you know, like I, I have walked around my yard or my home, you know, with just raising my hands, just praising God for the splendor of His holiness, mm-hmm. for His goodness, and for His. For his faithfulness, even when I can't see it, mm-hmm. you know, and and I've told him before, like, I'm even done praying about this. Like, you've got to be getting tired of hearing me. So mm-hmm. at this point, I'm just going to praise you for what I know you can do. And I'm just going to count on you to do it because I stomp my little foot and mm-hmm. I say, because I can't do it anymore. Sure. Yes. yes. And I love that because I, God knows our humanness and knows knows how much we love our kids, how responsible we feel for their well-being, and we hit a wall where we can't do one more thing, say one more thing, which reminds me, if you have little children, uh, sometimes there are things you can do when you don't see changes. You can go to a counselor, or you can take action, or or there are things you can do sometimes with little ones that you can't do with the older ones, but seek wise counsel and mm-hmm. wisdom on what you can do while they're under your roof. You still have the opportunity, uh, if God leads you, and what to do in in a in inducing a change, and even then, it's just a walk of faith as I think, well. Yeah, that's good. And we we have to be our hearts have to be surrendered to hear Him. We have to be as much as we're asking Him to move in a situation. We have to posture our hearts and stop and say, Father, what is my role in this? Mm-hmm. Is there something that I'm doing that I shouldn't do? Is there something I'm not doing that I should do? Like, please tell me the next step. And we have to be quiet long enough to hear that Mm -hmm. so many times i when i think about persevering in prayer i just picture because i've done this this is why i'm saying this i picture myself just constantly asking 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 begging 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 almost pointing my bony little finger at him and telling him what i think he should do but never stopping to say like here i am i want to hear your voice tell me what to do you know Mm -hmm. and it could be something as simple as go check this or go check this or Go in and say this, or you know what I'm saying. It could be something so, so simple. simple. Call a counselor. Call you know. Call and ask another um, believer for wisdom. It could be so simple, but we have to learn 
to have ears to hear his next steps. Sure, we certainly do. Not not just pray, but then to listen. Right, so that's really right. Great it's part too. of praying. It's conversation with him. It's it not is. just like, I mean, what do people say? It takes two people to have a conversation, and if it's just one, it's just a speech. Yeah, like I've given lots <laughs> so of speeches, speeches to God. I love that. Lots of speeches. Yes, I know. He's not a fan of my speeches. I, of my keynote speeches, <laughs> by the way, they're keynote as well. That's right. So you know, and so the last thing I want to say as we wrap this up is, I just want to encourage you: don't give up. Just don't give up. Prayers that are in God's will are always answered in God's timing and in God's way. So don't give up too quickly, or become mm-hmm. discouraged. If you don't see the answer, because the truth of the matter is that God hears it and he's at work in it. And um, I love the example I read about George Mueller one time. He was a a Christian evangelist in the 1800s from England, and um, he had prayed. Oh, he had recorded over 50,000 answers to prayer in his journal. And he came. He had prayed for two men daily for more than 60 years. Oh, wow. Um, And then one came to Christ shortly after his death, and the other one a year later. After he died? After he died. So I'm just saying, I, 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 you know, I know we're like, I want to see the results of this, and I do too, but I'm also aware that my prayers aren't bound within time, that they extend into years that God is faithful to hear them. And we just need to keep praying. Don't stop praying because you're discouraged. Just keep just keep expressing your heart to God and talk to him from your heart. Just tell him how you feel, but don't stop praying. Um, That's good. Kim, I, I was into Greek words this week. I guess I looked up a Greek word for prayer, and it was means to set a trap. And just like sometimes we set a trap to catch animals or whatever, prayer is setting a trap for divine opportunities. So we put we put the prayer out there. It's a it's a trap for divine opportunities, divine working of God, that He works mysteriously in our circumstances uh, beyond anything we could understand. But we have to set the trap, and that's where prayer comes in. And we certainly can't not pray. So continue so in that. I want to close with Galatians 6.9. You know it. I know it. It's one of my favorites, but it's let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. So I hope that's an encouragement to you. Kim, do you have any last word you might want to say to our moms as we close today or anything about staying strong or persevering when you just are fed up with it? Well, you know, I might just want to mention that part of your persevering in prayer is also learning to thank him for what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. And when I do that, when, I, when I'm praying to him, I usually say, and Father, I thank you in advance for what I know mm-hmm. you're going to do, whether I, just what you said about George Mueller, like whether I see it or not, whether it works out the way that I think it should or not, you are you are still good, and I thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. Mm-hmm. And so, moms, as you're listening to this, or women, like any situation, as you're faithfully praying about something, give him thanks and give him honor for what he is able to do, the immeasurably more that you may not see just yet, because it does mm-hmm. change your heart to, to be able to hear from him. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a mm-hmm. whole other... That's another podcast. That's a whole other oh. conversation about Thanksgiving, but 
But I would just say, like, don't, you know, there's lots of parts to your prayer. Sure. There's asking him and there's listening and there's there's adoration of him, but there's giving thanks to. Sure. So I would just say as a closing, don't leave that out. Oh, absolutely. Just because you feel cruddy doesn't mean you can't say thank you. <laughs> doesn't mean you can't say thank <laughs> I you. I know. I wish Kyle, uh, not, I do wish that grandchild would have left Walmart going, thank you, Grammy. You almost bought me a present. Right. Thank you. But I didn't hear that. Or your teenager <laughs> saying, Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for putting those boundaries yes, up so that you, I didn't do something. Me. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we wish. Well, Never. friend, I tell you what, uh, I hope you've been encouraged today that you're not alone in feeling helpless sometimes in your prayers for your kids. We just want to fix the situation, don't we? And most often it is out of our control. But God has given us tools to let go and give him room to work in his timing. And in the meanwhile, mature our own faith and dependence on Christ. Like Kim said earlier, honestly, it's not about child modification as much as God doing a work in us and making us more like Jesus in the wait. Yet, here's the good part, Kim, we didn't mention, and I wanted to say in my closing, is that we can find hope that God knows what we need before we even ask. Mm -hmm. So don't you love that? Um, Isaiah 65, God says about us, he says, I will answer them before they even call to me while they are still speaking their needs. I will hear. That's good. And this gives me such comfort that I have a God that sees and hears and and knows what's happening in my heart. So I love that. It's good. Well, friends, we would love to hear your thoughts on this topic, or maybe you could ask questions or can answer what we might answer on future podcasts. So leave us a comment on social media or email us at info at ariseministries.net. And if you enjoyed our podcast today, we invite you to subscribe to this podcast and share it on social media. Be sure to visit our website at www.ariseministries.net, and there you'll see videos, articles, and podcasts specifically for single moms, lots of tools for navigating real life. Thank you for listening today, and God bless. Thank you for listening to an Equip podcast. To find out more about Arise Ministries or resources offered for single moms, visit www.ariseministries.net.